so I'm Jill, I'm the event manager, and I'd like to thank the Arts Council of England for sponsoring the festival. And I'd like to thank the Feathers Hotel and Stuart and Wendy Houghton for sponsoring this event in particular. Mm. Um, John and I have worked together a few times, and um, they say that the measure of a man is, you know, not how he goes along in life, but how he deals with things that go wrong. And the last time we worked together, he was going to play his banjo, and the first thing that happened was that the string broke. And he just put it down and picked up his mandolin and carried on. So I'm feeling very safe tonight. Whatever happens, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fabulous. I know, because I've seen him before. So please welcome John Higley for Peace, Love and Potatoes. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I was just sitting there thinking, what, what shall I start with? And I was thinking... Um, I was going to maybe do the one about my spectacles. But I think we covered our spectacles in, uh, in Jill's comment there. So uh, I'm going to sing you this song, which is a song called Another Song for Europe. And I did an event called Let's Talk About Europe. And uh, in that event, I sang this song earlier in the year. Uh, I wrote it. So it's this year's song. So it's first time in Ledbury for this one. And it's, it catalogues some of the youngsters who I was at school with when I was nine or ten uh, in my primary school in Luton. Now, some of you may be wondering what this instrument's called. It's called Steve. It's the first joke. And the best, unfortunately. But you've not come here expecting a comedy performance. You're here for the poetry. Me, I am English, with a smidgen of France. I'm in my school photo, I'm glad of the chance to share in other traditions as well as my father's French. There's Alanita Casares sat behind on the bench. Our school is St. Joseph's, and St. Joseph we know. He was more Middle Eastern, but we still called him St. Joe. The more you vary the sources, the more they may be revealed. Combining the pieces increases the yield. So that's your bit. Combining the pieces increases the yield. So I'll sing that first, so I, you get a little intro line. So when there's an yield sound, you know that you're going to sing Combining the Pieces Increases the Yield, all right? So I'll give you that one again. The more you vary the sources, the more there may be revealed. There is Colette Ferraro, I don't know what that name source is, maybe French or Italian, she draws exceptional horses. Sat near to me, there is Wojtek, his father's a Pole. He teaches me brother Ichneel, he's good at keeping control. And our own Mr Brennan, he has authority too. A little bit of the Irish, that is a part of the stew. The broth can be spoiled if the cooks are too few. A concoction of flavours, harmoniously congealed.
There is David McGillicuddy. There is Theresa McBride. We're all glad of the milk that the borough council supplied. Henrik Ivaskovich, he's standing right at the back. He is tall and I think he's Czechoslovakian. He can run fast, so can Wojtek. And they run faster than me. And I am glad when they run. They do not have to flee from any frightening forces and from a feeling of fear. I envy Wojtek his glasses, but I am glad he is here. The loss is assured when the borders are sealed. Okay, so you've got the hang of it now. So I'll do one more. And I want you to sort of really give it a kind of, slow it down, give it a final resolution on your uh, yield. Okay, so here we go. So that's the last one now. The riches of Europe and further afield. Uh, so, largely, uh, we'll have uh, this book here, Peace, Love and Potatoes, uh, beautifully published by Profile Books. Um, I'm going to do a little piece about Wojtek now. Um, Wojtek, I mentioned in that song, when I was at school, uh, I was in love with Jane, I was nine, ten years old, uh, and I sat, t- there was an aisle there, there was, Miss was sat there, um, so this is before Mr. Brennan, and... Uh, Wojtek, Miss moved Wojtek to the front of the class because he used to muck about a lot so she could keep an eye on him and Wojtek was sat there. I was in love with Jane, but we didn't used to talk about love in our house. So I didn't tell Jane I loved her. I used to say, Jane, you're a pain. You're a pain, Jane. Um, And I didn't let her know that it was a pain in my heart because I was unable to tell her of my love. Um, I just used to say, you're a pain. And uh, I, I got her attention, if not her affection. At least the words are similar. Uh, and Jane tolerated this, but when Wojtek came along, he started saying stuff to her like, uh, your hair smells really nice, your work's really neat, you've got a very well-defined sense of your own being. <laughs> and uh, Jane preferred this to the, to the kickings uh, that I, I used to give her. And um, one playtime, I saw them kissing in the playground, and uh, it was intolerable, actually, because as, as an adult, I realised that... Uh, Jealousy would dis- dissipate over time, but um, as a child, it was the most powerful emotion I'd, I'd experienced, and I had no reason uh, to realise I'd be free of it. Um, so, pretty devastating uh, experience, and so I need a strategy to deal with this. And um, so, I'm going to read you Jane and Wojtek, um, which is about the strategy uh, I'm talking about here. Jane and Wojtek. When I saw Jane and Wojtek kiss, I was jealous of their bliss. And I reported them to Miss. Um, So, I'm glad you clapped because um, nobody clapped at the time. So, 
this is, so my, now, a lot of the stuff in this book is about, I have, uh, my father was half French, the bottom half. Um, second joke. Uh, and um, so because it was the bottom half, he didn't teach us French, speak French to us. Um, but I'm very proud of the fact that I have this, because it's, uh, there's, um, the, the, in the pride of Miss Jean Brodie, uh, in that book, the thing that delineates each of the children is that the way they wear their hat. Otherwise, they're the, the same. They're undistinguishable from each other. But the way they wear their hat, and she goes through a little catalogue of the wearings of the hat, which is beautiful. And it's a very thin book, in case you're a slow reader. I recommend it to you, because a lot of people come to poetry, like myself, because they're very slow readers. Uh, it's true. It's actually true. Um, but that's a thin book, and um, that's a lovely bit, and it's quite early on, so you can get to that big and, bit and then stop. Um, but the thing that so the thing that delineates me to some extent, uh, from, there's various things obviously that delineate myself. The fact that I have the writer as a, as a, as a living is a, is, is a delinea delineation. But the delineation I'm proud of is the fact that I have a French a French heritage, and um, so there's various things about that in my writings. And uh, my grandmother was completely French. Every part of my grandma was French. All all all, all the pieces, all the top bottom, in between, side up down, you know, all of her French. And um, so we used to have letters from Grandma um, that, that she, because we only saw her once. We only saw, I, 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 obviously Dad had seen her more than once. She wouldn't be, but I only saw her once. But that one time was enough to really um, bring me uh, in, 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 into being in love with her, really. And uh, I used to write to Grandma. Grandma used to write back. And Dad and I were both very keen stamp collectors. And we used to keep the stamps and throw the letters away. Um, but, but you don't know they're going to go on, you see, don't, do you? You think there's something you don't think is going to stop, and uh, I regret that. But the thing, the spirit of those letters is very much with me. So this is um, an imaginary uh, letter from Grandma about that subject. So I've told her about being in love with Jane, and this is what she's got to say about that. My dear grandchild, thank you for the drawing of your dog, which is accurate but lacking in vitality. I can see that the creature is asleep like our own here beside the fire. It is a challenge to breathe life into the image, a challenge to which you have failed to rise. If I did not tell you such things, I would be shirking my work as a grandmother. So, you wish for an old woman's advice about approaching this young beauty at your school. My advice is plain. If you love her, tell her. I cannot make it plainer. If you love her, tell her. Spill the beans, as your grandfather would say. He called me his blancmange. I called him my potato because he was versatile and his collars were very well starched. <laughs> in French, in French, we say, tu me manques, tu me manques. Literally, you are missing to me. The beloved is put first, not the self. Let the beans be spilled. Put the beloved first. Write to this girl of your feelings, but do not bother to enclose any of your drawings. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Wait till there's a consensus with the applause. Um, so gran Grandma came. Uh, she came, so they'd spent some time. So Dad, I had an older dad. Dad was born in 1905, and he went to the, uh, the United States. Uh, uh, for a while and then came back. So there were certain Americanisms in things he would say. He would say pop as well as dad. And the one time that I mentioned we, we saw my grandma, uh, this, is, uh, this is about that. It's, 
Grand- so I was living in Luton at the time. Grandma arrives while Dad's at work. She is sat with Mum, myself and my sister. Dad lets himself in. The dog barks. Dad comes through to the living room. They clasp eyes. They clasp bodies. They step back. And the rasping talk begins, a surging fury of spectacular speaking, sparking, blazing, amazing, crazed cackle of the two, locked back, clocked into shattering unity, shocking, knocking on twenty years since they last cast eyes upon the eyes and the size of each other. A right old trembling teardrop tumbling ensues, embracing, facing this deliverance from near on two decades of out of touching, hanky drenched. The French is freed. The frog in the throat croaks again. Dad's secret identity is rumbled. Mother and child united. Child and mother tongue united. To Luton from Nice to release the unspoken, a voice broken for the second time and climbing to the top. Snap, cackle and pop. So yeah, so dad had uh, so dad had been become anglicised. So when they came back from America in 1930, uh, they moved. They, they, dad was born in Paris. They, they went down to Nice where they have a carnival, um, and uh, this is about. So grandma never came ret- returned, but this is kind. Of, she kind of returned in a in a str- sort of strange way. And I'll, I'll let that, hopefully let the poem do the job. This is called Sooty or the bird that reminded me of my French grandma. It must have come sweeping down the bungalow chimney when the fire was off duty, that feathery black beauty that was never going back up the smokestack. Was it a crow? Was it a raven? Or was it a very sooty pigeon? We didn't know. We just knew that whatever it was, it didn't want to go, for all our shuffling and shooing, nothing doing going-wise. That ruffled kerfuffle, flitting around the sitting room, eventually sitting down at rest on the central light fitting, eyeing us, contemplating starting up a nest, perhaps. So I run to the bungalow's rear, splaying open the French windows. The bird follows and flies, steering away through the stretching gap, going back to its element, and my mum begins to clap. That ruffled kerfuffle, that disorderly duster, that freaky, beaky bungalow invader that got us in a right flap. Uh, this is, um, I, I'm friendly with uh, the poet Michael Horowitz, and um, this is a, a documents, a journey we, we took up to Newcastle. Um, and um, I'd been to Canada, and I had this magazine from Canada called uh, Exquisite Corpse, and uh, it's a poetry magazine or a literary magazine. But again, let's let the poem, poem do the job. From a Canadian literary magazine, on our way to do a poetry show, I read aloud to Michael the following. Like the wooden horse of Troy, the poem is a gift which contains something hidden and important. And Michael says, did you know plutonium contains the word luton? So, no, 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 no. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, 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 when I came here, Charles, actually, who was one of the people who was involved in setting this festival up, um, said to me on one of my visits, I, I reckon it was about 15 years ago, and he said to me, so that poetry I sort of mentioned there, hidden and important, uh, uh, something that's, sort of, I, I, I suppose, poetry between the lines, if you like, and mine, I guess mine is generally 
poem that's on the is, is all there in the lines. Um, but he said to me, "There's not poetry. There's poetries, and um, it helps really understand what's going on in the world of poetry." Um, so this is a song about the bungalow in Luton. My mother was of Kentish stock from Ramsgate by the sea. She cleaned the place around the clock and around the settee. She cleaned the household surfaces like she had to get below the surface of existence in our Luton bungalow. When my father lived in southern France, he would sit behind an easel, teasing out the essence of a sea. But something must have happened in between France and Luton, because it didn't tend to seem like he was talented. His dedicated brushwork didn't show. Except for running round the skirting board or touching up the palmet in our Luton bungalow. But one spring I watched him kneeling with a beanpole snapped in two. It was a stick of old bamboo. He was leant above the wet cement, zigzagging a line, engraving crazy paving, engrossed in the design. It was a work he failed to sign. Imagine slab by zigzag slab beneath the curving window out the front. We should have hung out bunting. Let the beach ball colours show for all unsung potential in each loot bungalow for all unused abilities for un. Discovered skills for confetti which has not been cut, no horseshoe shapes or frills. For me, mum's soft singing voice, my mum's soft singing voice, it was her choice to hardly show. For the wave she gave me, dad, each day he went to sell his labour. And especially for the moment, she kept waving. Although he passed around the corner for the waving, which my father didn't know. For the love inside, the love inside. La 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 love inside that Luton bungalow. So that line, for all unused abilities, for undiscovered skills, I'm going to move on to that concept. 
do quite a lot of work in schools. And um, this is in two parts. This is really about uh, children whose uh, ability is not necessarily discovered and about helping to discover that by your attitude, good attitude, uh, can help to bring it out. So the first part is this, and I'll do the second on the same subject. The first bit is called A Short Testament of Will. I will that the youngster with the talent in the neglected scene will be found out. I will that the child like myself whose voice was with, whose voice was with song but was unheard shall be heard. I will that those in the place where the teachers have not the wherewithal to call forth the golden voice in the darkness of school day shall be assisted in finding the gems that lie hidden. I will that experts in the art, act of digging shall go forth to the undug places and bring out the singing souls. I will that the spilling of the untold talent be fostered and nurtured and celebrated. I will that those who are thus brought forth before us to assist in our advancement be assisted in the management of their genius. In the meantime, I will attempt to give a hand in the steering of these matters. Okay, that's the first bit. This is the second bit. It's called Peter the Parrot. Peter the Orange Parrot had a very tiny beak. Unlike the other parrots, he was never heard to speak. But they were never nasty to him. Peter the non-talking parrot that he just thought that he was a very, very fluffy carrot. <laughs> then one sunny jungle day, Santa Claus got lost, and Peter with the tiny beak suddenly was heard to speak. And he directed Santa Claus back to Lapland to be in the lap of all the other lovely laps while the other parrots had been talking. Peter had been reading maps. Um, on one occasion I did a workshop in a school and um, we, t we talked about Daleks and we were trying to make... Uh, I said that Daleks, maybe they're so aggressive because they feel a little isolated and uh, depressed. And um, I said to the children that if we try and cheer the Daleks up, maybe they'll be less aggressive. So each child drew a Dalek and gave them a hat to cheer the Dalek up. And then uh, other things were given, uh, like um, one, many of the children gave the Daleks a friend. Um, one was given some toast, one was given some Lego, um, one was given a bath, and one of the Daleks got pregnant. Uh, it's true. Lovely drawing. Lovely drawing. Um, so that this morning, this morning I was working uh, in a school in Tooting, and I said to the kids, I said, I'm coming to uh, the Ledbury Poetry Festival, and um, I'm going to tell them about what we did. And so they were really pleased about that. So uh, this, is this, this is some of the work of the children. Uh, we work with Adrian Mitchell's poem, Yes, and um, it's a lovely poem to work with. So a smile says yes, a heart says blood, when the rain says drink, the earth says mud. And then I get the children. So already, because uh, when the rain says drink, uh, I say to them, the rain says dr, dr, and what do you think it is? And they'll go drip, they'll go uh, drizzle, they'll go drain, they'll go drench, but they never, they never say dr, dr, drink. And so already it's got the idea in of it. it's not the word that you think it's going to be, uh, that, that we're seeking. Um, so then we move on to make our own verse. 
and so we started with uh, so I get a noun from somebody and then so we started with uh, an apple says and I said to them well we know it's not going to be bite uh, an apple says and we had munch and so it was an apple says munch uh, a tree says swish a computer says beep a swim says fish which I thought was pretty yeah I know one, one noise there the beautiful thing about doing some of this so obviously some of the stuff that I do is comedic in nature others is, is other stuff isn't it so that little noise there right it's really enough for me that just one little time no I mean it I mean it um, on, a, on an occasion, just, you just that's what, sometimes that's all what you get because we're more we're more able at vocalising a com comedic response. Um, and on one occasion, when I was performing my poem about the guillemot, so this is the bird, the guillemot, and uh, I said to the audience, "I'm going to do a poem now about the guillemot," and just one person went. Mm. Uh, and I thought these these things were appropriate because this is, these, these these were things that they'd written about poetry, and so they, the, the teacher had got the children to write uh, to, to prepare some questions to ask me, and I, I, I got the teacher to just take one child from each table uh, to ask me a question because I didn't have time to do them all. Uh, but and then I said, but what I want to do, what you want you to do, I don't want to just sort of like negate the, the fact that they've made this effort the other with their questions. But I said, what I want you to do with your questions is I want you to manipulate the sentence, so you've got your sentence there, to make it begin with the letter, a word with the letter P. Um, so you'll get the idea. So they had to say what they wanted to ask me, but change the, the, con the, the syntax, uh, but, not the, but, not the me but not the thing they wanted to say. So these are some of the things that they came up with. And they were, so you'll see the questions that they're asking. So, um, so here is one that people like me want to know what your inspira inspiration was for you to start writing poems, you see. So that probably was written in a different way. What inspires you to write poems? So you get the idea, don't you? I mean, so, look, some of you think, of course I get it. Some people haven't got it, right? <laughs> so you think of them. And some of you will have been. Some of you won't. Okay. Uh, people... So this is another, so people, yeah, people is a popular one. People around you inspired you to write poems. How many people? I like that. And very good. I also got them to draw pictures of potatoes and really very lovely picture of one potato saying, let's swim, and another saying, let's sleep. Really beautiful. Uh, here we go. Persons admire you. How would they admire me? Process of making new poem. Economy there. Perhaps potatoes are amazing because they are delicious. Why do you like them? Please tell me what conditions help you with writing with the write, with your writing process. That was Daisy. Uh, poetry is a wonder of creation. So what do you see in the humour of poetry? And that I did that actually got, that got that was asked that question. I did say about the, that that humour is important. Uh, yes, it's not. It's good to have bits that are just funny in themselves, but humour is is a good way of uh, underlining a, a potent point, serious point that you want to make. This this is my favourite actually. This is the last one. Pies. Do you like them? Um, So let's hear it for Graveney School, please. Graveney School. Um, 
I said I'd do something about Charles Dickens. Um, this is the steps of the thing. The steps of the thanks. Uh, so this is various letters to people here. So this is a letter to Mr. Pickwick. Dear Mr. Pickwick, I have been reading your papers and am enjoying your capering very much. I obtained my green volume of these adventures from my local public library lending department. I feel sure that your creator, Mr. C. Dickens, would have approved of such places, particularly because of the benefit to readers unable to afford a text of their own. I have renewed the book four times and paid about 70 pence in fines, but you are worth it. 70 pence is 14 shillings in your money. There have been many changes since your day. Far fewer people wear hats, for instance. Also in your day, did you have, I wonder, telescopic handles to pull your luggage along? You are always travelling about, aren't you? Today I read aloud a bit of one of your travels to some blue-clad schoolchildren in Northumberland, the story where you mistakenly settled in the twin room of a hotel in Ipswich, which was actually the accommodation of an unsuspecting woman. There you were in your nightcap behind the curtain of the bed, ready for sleeping, when in she comes and starts her preparation for dreaming, not dreaming that you are in the immediate vicinity. I asked the youngsters to relate the tale in verse, and one of them put... Mr. Pickwick went to bed with his nightcap on his head. Yes, you even wore hats in sleep in your days. And someone else said, Shannon it was, wrote, Mr. Pickwick in his nightcap watching the woman take off her slap. This is about uh, a performance. I I get around doing these shows, um, and it's lovely to come here again. Uh, Rotherham Library, I haven't been back to yet. Um, but I hope I do, because it's a good experience, and this is called Our Reading in Rotherham Library. To the Wednesday night Rotherham Library audience, I am describing myself back at ten years old. I tell them how we climbed over an old garden wall and went scrumping apples. Then I ask, do you say scrumping up here, or do you have a different word for it? A woman at the back answers, aye, we do have another word for it, theft. Um... So, oh, this is Being is Believing. So, being is Believing, so uh, not a particularly comedic piece, but um, hopefully a piece that a poetry audience like yourselves will enjoy. Being is Believing. I believe in you. I believe in you being close to me. I believe in you being close to me intimately. I believe in you being close to me intimately regularly. I believe in you being close to me intimately regularly, just not today. I believe in you being close to me intimately regularly, just not today, because sometimes I need to be with myself alone, all the better to be with you more intimately. You see, so um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a more it's a more sober point, if you like, um, with some comedic nature along the way, but not at the end. Um, and when I do workshops, I often get adults to write down things they believe, uh, and sort of, sort of very sort of things like that, sort of more heavyweight things. But alongside that, and I suppose this is where the sort of use of humour comes in to put lighter things alongside with your more profound beliefs. And I give the example of I believe that if one is having a cheese sandwich, if you're somebody who eats cheese, that you should have sliced cheese not grated cheese. That's something I believe. I believe that that is a better way to present a a cheese roll or a cheese sandwich. Um, Just out of interest. But also that you should accept those those who have the other other way of believing. Those who who prefer grated cheese. Yeah? Accept that. that, that, Accept them. But ascertain your own your own thing. Slice for me. Yeah? So just out of interest, are there great, any great... Just raise up a hand. Just raise a, is there any grated cheese fans in the audience? Scum. Um, 
See, I said a bit of. A bit of that's a, that's a, see, that's a joke, that part. Isn't it? It's a funny thing, isn't it? Because I'd set it up that you were, you know. Anyway, so, so that, was a, that was a little funny moment there. I tried to, I tried to put a few of those in. Um, but you're the poetry crowd, aren't you? So, um, when I work at work in prisons, um, sometimes I. Uh, you, I, uh, uh, I you go through the alphabet sometimes, and beliefs. I will do beliefs with prisoners, and I said, uh, "What is something that you might?" And I sometimes get people to suggest something for a different letter. So B is often beliefs, but I said, "What might E be to some prisoners?" And one said, "Escape." <laughs> um, true. Gloucester Jail, actually, it was. Uh, this is. This is. Uh, so children's language sometimes is, and not just children, uh, but, but language is sloppy, isn't it? Sometimes our language is sloppy. Uh, I do a lot, say a lot of um, I say um a lot. Yeah, I can't, I, I um, oh, there we go. So you, you'll notice it now. I should, probably shouldn't have told you that because you're probably quite happy with him. And then oh, I keep saying, he does keep saying, oh, no. I was going to say it then. Um, I did then. So this is an example of the in it phrase. So the in it phrase, I, I, said, I tried to say to my daughter that in it, there's, there's good, this, this glass has got some water in it, that's a good in it. Um, there's water in this glass in it, is, is a less good in it. Um, but I, but if I, I, I don't have a problem with it. If the, if, the, if the person is using, consciously aware that it's sloppy, sloppy language, as I call it, because as I say, I'm sloppy myself. Uh, I, I have less of a problem with it. And so what I've done is I devised these exercises whereby the, 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 what I call the bad in it will be used, but consciously used, so I, and I think that's less bad. All right. So I'll give you the examples, if those of you are not following what I'm talking about, so you'll get the idea from the examples. This is why examples are very important. So this is called taking out the in it and putting in it in it. Yeah? So... So the, I give the phrase, and then it has to be, be manipulated into the, having the other in it. So, for instance, this clock has still got a lot of mileage in it. See, the good in it could become, this clock is well stocked with mileage in it. See? This society has still got deep class divisions in it. That might become... Class-wise, this society is still deeply divided in it. And the last of these, there's actually a fourth one in, in there, but I'm going to you know, that, leave that for you. you make your purchase. Uh, the last one, I said an er there, not an erm. The last one, this gap between the floorboards has got some little bits of old cheese in it. That might become, have you thought about doing some hoovering in it? I had to I had to fill in a questionnaire uh, about uh, what what I would do if I wasn't doing uh, this job, and I said that I would I'd like to teach I would like to teach in France, I, um, probably English rather because my French is poor. Uh, but I, the, 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 and the, then there was another question of which uh, famous person would you like to meet, and I said I'd like to meet Joan of Arc. And I'd like to take Joan of Arc into the French school to work with me because I think the, the kids would, uh, would like her armour. And uh, also, uh, also, it's a very uh, healthy 
uh, example of perversion of uh, gender stereotypes, I thought, with Joan of Arc, with the haircut and all that. So, uh, I'm going to move on to this book. Uh, this book here. So, this is a book. T- so, tomorrow morning, I'm going to be doing some stuff for youngsters, uh, and this book is an, al- is, is an alphabet of animals. And uh, in it, I didn't know I was going to say that, there is a poem about the guillemot. What a nice response. So I thought I would do that for you. And there's some movements in it. And I thought I'd show you what the movements are. So when I say I'm a guillemot, the movements are very simple. It's I'm a guillemot, one, two, three. So you just, okay, so two preparatory moves. And then you center the energy on the third. It's I'm a guillemot, one, two, three. Okay, so let's try that. I'm a guillemot. Yeah, it's an internal count. Don't actually need to hear that. It's a bit of fun there. Poetry can be fun. Not tonight, unfortunately. But there are occasions. Okay. Water. Water. Good. Fish. Fish and water. Jellyfish. Now try and get some propulsion. Jellyfish. Do you see the way I'm propelling it? Right, see? Jellyfish and water difficult, feel free to work in pairs. <laughs> I use my bill a lot, eat my fill a lot. Bill a lot, fill a lot. Can I try that? Bill a lot, fill a lot. Bill a lot, fill a lot. Specky, hand down. Specky. This is about the, the bridled guillemot, some of you will know. Uh, the bridled guillemot looks as, as a marking that looks like a white pair of spectacles. Uh, the only one that's got a sound is when I say I know the drill a lot. And the first time, the next, second drill, do nothing. First drill, double. It's I know the drill a lot. <coughs> Let's try that. I know the drill a lot. Good. Good. Try and clip it. <laughs> but good. And then the, 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 the one that's the workout is diver ocean arriver. You don't have to do that because if you've got shoulder problems. Diver, ocean arriver, because even doing it now, I can feel it's quite a, quite a stretch. For those of you who, who do, you can do it for, by, by, for the other people. Let's say diver, diver, ocean arriver. Yep. <laughs> okay. Here we go. <coughs> All right, Ledbury, let's rock. All right, let's not. I am a guillemot. A few short-term memory problems out there. Now, I'm going to use the F word, focus. Come on. I am a guillemot. I use my bill a lot. I get the fish out of the wet. I eat my fill a lot. I live on ledges, vertical edge. I didn't do that. Ledges. Sorry, I forgot to tell you. Sorry, I forgot. See, short-term memory problems. Ledges, vertical edges. Ledges, vertical edges. Quite a quick move, actually. Try and keep that. Ledges, vertical edges. Okay, sorry. Yes, my apologies there. It's a bit short-changing. I live on ledges, vertical edges, eating while I do not know what veg is. Don't you give me sherbet, give me a turbot. 
My appetite for fish I cannot curb it. I am a guillemot. I know the drill a lot. Better in rehearsal. I drill into the drink and get the drink and not the ink upon my quill a lot. So you don't thrill a lot. Well, listen, humans, very soon you will a lot. Did you know that I can go so deep? I've been seen from the porthole of a submerged submarine 130 metres under. I don't think so. Miss it and blink so. I come in hard and I'm able to sink so. I am a guillemot. I do my specky. Oh, it looks brilliant, it does. Yeah, it really does. I do my specky. Recky from my rocky window sill a lot. I am a guillemot. I am a diver, ocean arriver. Underneath I go, I am no skyver. I don't do nesting when I am resting. I can sleep while I am standing on one leg, and so it doesn't roll off when I stretch my wings or stroll off. I've got an egg that is conical and eccentrically weighted, so it don't fall off the edge of the cliff face into the water. Water. With all the jellyfish and all the other fish, I am a guillemot. I find the fishes tend to lose one nil a lot. But I take only what I need, I'm not a greedy bird, I'm sustainable, self restrainable. I am a guillemot. Am I not? Uh, sometimes, uh, in troubled times, uh, sometimes you feel that you, well, one feels one is inadequate, and you might try and do a little bit. And uh, but what what is that worth? I think it's worth a lot. And that's what this is about. It's called a lean towards the light. Mr. William Wordsworth won't take sugar in his porridge. He takes honey. It's not to do with the money or the flavour as much as the moral objection to the method of production. Mr. William Wordsworth measures out his conscience with his spoon. In the face of what is taking place, the boon of Mr. Wordsworth's gesture may seem slight, but it's a lean towards the light. When I put my recycling out, I know my contributions not equivalent to manning of the barricades in 1930s Spain, but again, it's a lean towards the light, a step in the direction that seems right. Like a monocotyledon that's broken through the surface, starting its existence as a blade of grass or daffodil, the move that's phototropic might be only microscopic, but it's a lean, instinctive in a little bean. It's a lean towards the light. Um, some riddles for you. What am I? So I'll say the so it's a poetic, old, ancient poetic forms of books, the Exeter Book of Riddles, um, which they're very hard actually. They're very old riddles, and then there's the new Exeter Book of Riddles that various poets have to which various poets have con contributed. They're a bit easier those ones. Uh, but here's some of mine. So what am I? I fly. I slip by. I get wasted. What am I? Good. Well done, madam. Absolutely right. Clear, well projected, good, altogether good.
Two in a person, four in a lemur. I'm pulling your leg for I'm your... Oh, femur. Good. Well done. A lot of you got that. Some of you struggling with these, though. <laughs> I'll give you a little clue. Sometimes um, there's a big clue in the rhyme. The, watch out for the rhyming clue. Right? What am I? I flap, I fold, I often stand in sand, I rhyme with neck hair. I'm a... Deck chair. Deck chair. This next one, no rhyme, no rhyme, this one. What am I? I'm alone, I'm on the rocks, I'm able to shed light for others, but deep inside me there is a darkness. I am depressed. I am depressed. I am depressed. I am depressed. So, our long poem Somebody won't know. Long Poem Magazine. Beautiful magazine. The Long Poem Magazine. Very beautifully produced. Um, so this is a longer poem from me. Not ever so long. And she's thinking, oh, where? How long? So, going back to the bungalow. Starts about me brother. It's the song you used to sing about potatoes, brother. The song you used to sing about potatoes. It's the wall up which you drove me when you did. It's the little car you got me for my birthday. It's a shame I came to find it in the drawer before my birthday on account of it was rather poorly hid. Brother, we stood at the top of the town and surveying your trousers of brown, I said I had never before had the joy of seeing you trousered in corduroy. You said you have now. Thinking backwards when you were a boy, didn't you have a wind cheater made of the same in those days when you showed me the way to take aim with a pea and a pea shooter? Those days of the bedroom we shared, when your socks filled my nostrils and I would object, will you stick them outside of the door and not stinking near me on the floor? And then one day you acted the swine, and while I was sleeping you placed your socks under my pillow to give me a shock when I woke on the morrow. Those days of the comics we eagerly spread, the comics that crossed the ravine that was in between your bed and mine, and Dad would come in and draw open the curtains, and in came the flame of the sunshine. The colours which patterned those curtains of boyhood are colours I cannot recall, but what was depicted on that bedroom wallpaper's clear in my knowing. A rowing boat over and over repeated, tied up in long grass by the shore, with an island away off I wished to go out and explore. Though I didn't go then, I am rowing there now, cutting through waves like I'm driving a plough. I arrive at the land and I stand in the sand, and then Mum helps me tie up my boat. And Dad is about, he is dressed as a scout, and he says to me, here is a groat. Joan of Arc joins us, and so does the bark of the dog she calls Johann Sebastian. Sorry I'm late, she says, nowhere to park. I tell her your armour is covered in rust. Joan says, quite honestly, I should be dust. How she's learned English it isn't discussed. She's holding the dog lead and also a pebble, the pebble she throws at the flood. And the dog paddles out through the watery spread and comes back from the wet with a spud. There's some kind of kiosk, there's Dad at the counter, he says he is ready for trade. The briny, it couldn't be calmer. Mum says an old suit of armour I dreamed of to have there upgrading the hall. 
but a shiny barometer's all that we had. That and the hat that went over the face of your daddy who went out to work in the world with his arm curled around his attaché case. I cannot hear mummy too well because I've got my ear to a shell. A Roman comes by. He is ancient, and I say, do sit in this chair if you wish. The Roman relaxes, forgets about taxes. One more of Jones' pebbles goes splish. The Roman is dressed in unusual gear. On his head is some bread, just a crust. Time is the ogre, he says in his toga. His knowledge of English, it isn't discussed. And Mum says you should wear a hat, or a hanky, or maybe a spotty cravat. The Roman nods off in the deck chair, and I think, so what sort of gratitude's that? The winds, the winds in the palms of the trees. I ask Dad for a bread roll with cheese, if possible, sliced and not grated. Dad says, you didn't say please, though in fairness you dropped to your knees. He hands me a bread roll with cheese, grated, not sliced, but it's ever so reasonably priced. All that it costs is a groat. And Mum says to check on my boat, I'm unable to hear her too well, because I've got my ear to a shell. Mum says you don't need a shell when you're standing right next to the swell of the ocean. And Dad says your mother is right. And they sing and their harmony's tight. And it's out on the ocean, together they tread and they head for the distance. Dancing elated, distributing bread to the birds of the ocean with words of delight. A Dalek appears with a pair of false ears. I think it is time I was going. I get in my boat and start rowing. I go over the watery spread, back to our bedroom and back into bed, back from the sand and the rocks, back from the world beyond distance and clocks, and back to the stink of your horrible socks. Brother, Without both, both our mother and father, brother, without both our mother and father, I just don't know where I would be. It's just as well I'm in possession of parents, and both of them live in my poetry. It's about train spotters, and it's from the point of a train spotter. Uh, so, point of view things. Uh, so, the guillemot is a point of view thing, and this is another point. Of view, so, it's a, from the point of view of the train spotter talking about. And it's 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 not it's not a mocking thing. So, just in case you're thinking it's going to be mocking, I'll tell you that ain't where I'm coming from. It'll just help you because you're thinking, oh yeah, there's that. So, oh, it's a bit mo oh, oh, is it mocking? It's not. It's sort of saying it's really good. Okay, so some of us wear anoraks. Some of them have hoods with fur on. Some of us drink quite a bit of cocoa. But it doesn't mean we're loco. So hold your tunnel vision. Everybody's looking out for something. But maybe round the bend We just tend to do it with a duffel bag But we're train spotters We're not trendsetters It's a passion It's not a fashion show Now that's your bit I think it's a passion It's not a fashion show So it's a passion So most of you look like you know what I'm talking about Um it's a passion It's a passion 
is taking down another person's underwear being any more alive than taking down her one to five little details okay so we may be wetter but it is better than better than drying the wet that you get from crying over a love that is dying Got the wrong chords there. But love your love your errors. It's a passion. We get a sense of safety in the numbers. A feeling we're members of the crew. Okay, so we only take the numbers down. But it's a job somebody's got to do. What are we doing? I'll tell you what We're putting ourselves on the spot Someone has to give a shot We want the ones we haven't got We know we'll never get the lot We want the ones we haven't got Everyone is only passing through It's a passion last one I do so how it goes is at the very end right we do the last it's a passion it's not a fashion show after this next bit and it's we got the choo choos okay so normally we've got a full front row because of the reserve stuff and people not turk so it's going to be choo 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 woo woo okay and that'll be it unless you come come back for the encore I've prepared okay so it's choo 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 okay here we go We're looking forward to our crusty rolls. We got platform tickets and platform souls and platform hearts and platform minds. At the end of the platform is where we find ourselves. That's where we find ourselves. It's a passion. Thank you very much indeed. What a lovely surprise. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much. Um, Let's do some, some new things to finish up with. Uh, when I, I, when I, was, I was a poet in residence on the BBC uh, website and uh, it gave me the chance to set things that were outside and get responses that were outside uh, things from our island. And we got things from all over the world in response. And one of the things I set up was, uh, it was a little limerick competition. And, but not everybody knows the form. One assume, I see the assumptions about our own little thing. I, I assumed everybody knew what a limerick was and of course they don't in Iceland. So... This, so the, I'd set, the line I'd set up for people was, there once was a man from Caracas, right? There once was a man from Caracas, right? You see, you get an idea. And, um, and, and then there was an unexpected response from Christian Johansson uh, from uh, Iceland. There once was a man from Caracas. He had no eyes, no ears, no body. Let's not talk more about him.
and finally, finally, I, I've been new things that I've been writing about. Um, so this is uh, so this is a new thing. Uh, I've been writing about a hotel, and this is about two two, two of the guests in the hotel, and um, this is a journal from one of the guests. So this is uh, yeah. Last night, so I'll leave you with this, okay? And then books over there. Sorry, I've gone about the merchandise, but quite a lot of units to shift back then, okay? But so my show tonight is dedicated to people with teaching difficulties. So anyway, this is the last one. Thank you. Yeah, bit of fun there. Bit of fun. It's near. It's nearly over. And good, I've just been reading the program. Another good show coming after this. So uh, look at the program. I hope some of you will have booked. Uh, anyway, anyway, last bit. Last night. So this is the journal. Last night it was the fancy dress occasion. Culminating in what they call a novelty disco. I had discussed with my companion what we were going to dress up as. And when I said I was going as Jean-Philippe Rameau. I thought she might say, Jean-Philippe Rameau, who's that? But she said, OK, you go as Rameau, and I'll go as Elizabeth de la Guerre. And I said, Elizabeth de la Guerre, who's that? And she explained that this woman was a great composer and a contemporary of Rameau. Anyway, when we were at the novelty disco, I said to the DJ, have you got any Jean-Philippe Rameau? And he said... Jean-Philippe Rameau, who's that? So I explained that he was a French Baroque composer that I'd come dressed as. And the DJ said, sorry, I don't have any of his stuff, but I do have some Elizabeth de la Guerre. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> <laughs>